The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the show, you can do so at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just scroll down there right on the right. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio. And uh, you can also check out our live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim. You can also check out our Periscope account at Setting Brush Fires. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news, we're up there every weekday morning at 6 a.m., Saturday mornings at 8 a.m., and then Bradley's on in the afternoons Monday through Friday, there, or Monday through Saturday there at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And finally, you can catch us on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also find us on Spreely Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life at uh, Sons of Liberty Media or Sons of Liberty, uh, Sons of Liberty, uh, whichever one we could pick that somebody didn't take the Sons of Liberty first. So you can check us out on those new platforms as well. And if you got a comment or a question for our guest this morning, you can call in at 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now, this morning's topic is going to be about, we're going to cover a lot, probably a lot of things in this, uh, because our guest is, is very well versed in understanding uh, the United Nations Agenda um, 21 and Agenda 2030. In fact, she speaks all over the place uh, about those things. And uh, so let me give her an introduction. Debbie Bakajalupi is a Californian cattle rancher who is in demand throughout the West as an educational speaker on Agenda 21, the 2030 Agenda, Cap and Trade, Sustainable Development, Property Rights, Dams and Water Rights, Conservation, and Other Related Issues. Uh, she speaks at a lot of different and attends a lot of different um, conferences on these matters. Uh, she co-produced and or inspired Timely Documents, Blue, No Water, No Farmer, No Food, and Wolves and Government Clothing, all focusing on how aggressive environmental policy is harming rural America. Uh, discouraged by the erosion of rural America, she ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2012. Ms. Bakajalupi holds a B.S. degree in business and a master's in business administration as a certified meeting professional and Sommelier, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, Sommelier. Her entrepreneurial spirit and passion for free rural America and changed lives 
through education, inspired her to open her own business with Roden and Fields. She is ambassador at large for Technocracy News, and um, I'm going to see if we can get her unmuted. Did I just mute you again? Yes, I did. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, Sometimes there's a delay. You'll have to hit the unmute again. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How are you this early morning, 3 a.m. for me, Tim Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real early for you, I know, and we talked about that, but uh, but you you got some things there for which you said, hey, let's do the live show, and live always does better. We appreciate you taking time for us this morning. Hey, and uh, Yeah, I've got a little bit of a problem. You're welcome. It, I'm, so, I'm, uh-oh. I'm so excited. It's, it's fun to do. Uh, uh, is there a delay? Tim? There's a little bit of delay, and it's showing a network bandwidth, so we're getting a little bit of robotic kind of talk there. I don't know if that's uh, something of where you're at or, or something like that. Uh, I'm in rural America, so it very well could be the bandwidth. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll do the best we can with, with what we have here. Now, you and I, it took me a while to get back a hold of you. We had an interview when I was with Jim White, uh, Northwest Liberty News, I don't know. It's been four or five years ago, I think, maybe maybe longer. And um, in that, I uh, was very impressed with the knowledge that you had. We've been trying to get. I've been trying to get you on the show bef- before. And then when we talked the other day, <clears throat> I asked about um, the the issues that we're seeing in the country today. Whether it was COVID, um, whether it was uh, the riots and the looting, whether it is the USMCA. That was the one I really originally tried to reach out to you on to get your your thoughts on some of that. So we're going to kind of touch on a lot of these things here this morning. And what I want to do is let me turn it over to you because um, I read in your bio here the things to the people as to how you got kind of into this whole thing. And a lot of it has to do with the very life that you live. You, it, it really affects you in a lot of ways, but it affects everybody else. You want to kind of give an introduction to that for people? Yeah, sure. Um, I found out about all this being Agenda 21 um, and the radical environmental movement back when, if you hear my dog barking, I have to apologize I have brand new chickens, chicks, and my dog, I have a bird dog, and he is upstairs, and he's locked in, and he hears me <laughs> down here, so That's okay. if you put a break, I need to run up and get him, otherwise, you're going to hear bark, 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 anyway, okay. um, so I was working at Google uh, about the time that I found out about all, you know, this agenda for the 21st century, a.k.a. UN, United Nations Agenda 21, uh, Sustainable Development. And so I was at Google. I was responsible as a corporate event planner. I was responsible for some pretty big events, um, presidential candidates coming through Google during the 2007, 2008, during the 2000, I think it was the 2008 election, um, 1911, 12. Yeah, so it was 2008. That's where I met Barack Obama, had no idea who the guy was, never heard of him before. But this room, this Google event that I set up on the Mountain View campus was packed. It was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all coming to see this guy named Barack Obama. Well, and and the news, and I was just like, gosh, this is weird. Why, who is he? And anyway, um, also that year, I hosted an event for Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's. 
And I re remember being so excited to meet Ben because we had this common denominator together, this love for cows, right? He has a business, ice cream business, um, that makes tons of money off of cattle, off the milk of cows. And so when I introduced myself and said, I'll, I'll be setting up this event for you, I'm a cattle rancher's daughter, it, there was, you know, it was like nothing. And so at, during his talk, I remember him saying that cattle are bad for health because people become obese and that cattle are bad for the environment. And I'm sitting there going, and it, ca it causes all this land degradation. And, and I remember sitting there just going, this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Because I've seen my parents' ranch. I'm at my parents' ranch right now. It is spectacular. It's beautiful. Um, our cows graze on thousands of acres. And, and it's beautiful everywhere, except for, you know, in the heat of the summer. We get a lot of star thistle. But... Other than that, my dad has put in ponds. My mom's yard is beautiful. We take care of the land. We steward the land. This guy was so wrong. And at the same time, Tim, there were water wars going on where our ranch is now. There still are today. The largest dam destruction project in worldwide history is happening just north of us. And it's all based on junk science and, and coho salmon, which aren't even native to this area, but you have scientists saying they belong here. This battle is now on the river that runs through our ranch right now. And the end result is all control of water goes to agencies. So I started putting all the pieces together and I did a mad search on what the heck is going on here. And I stumbled upon three videos. One, uh, Michael Shaw of Freedom Advocates talking about this thing called Agenda 21. A second one, Lord Christopher Monkton saying something about Agenda 21. And then a woman named Dr. Rima who was talking about Codex Alimentarius and food law, uh, uh, world food law. But all these things have the common thing that there's an agenda for the 21st century and it is about all uh, controlling, monitoring, and surveilling every aspect of human life. And so it, it sounded crazy to me, but everything, all the pieces were adding up. And as soon as I saw these videos and heard their speeches, I was like, this is it. This is exactly what's happening. I recognize it. I know it. I feel it. So anyway, that's how I got into all of this. I remember Tim researching hours and hours every day. Like I wouldn't sleep for what seemed like weeks because I had to find the smoking gun of what was going on. I had to get to the bottom of it. I had, I had, I talked to people about it and they're like, oh, that sounds crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's totally what's happening. So, uh, you know, I just beginning, it began spreading the word and finding more and more people who agreed with me, um, who also had known that something was up and they had stumbled upon Agenda 21. And, you know, I remember saying, I'm going to meet these people, these people I saw, you know, who I looked up to at that time talking about Agenda 21. And I've met every superstar when it comes to talking about Agenda 21 and this new world order um, and uh, it's everyone but Dr. Rima. So, 
great patriots are people like Rosa Corey, Democrats Against UN, Agenda21.com, Tom DeWeese, America's American Policy Center, um, Michael Shaw, Craig Rucker of CFACT. I already mentioned Michael Shaw of Freedom Advocates. Um, uh, Holly Swanson, who wrote a book called Training for Treason about radical environmentalism and climate change training being done to children in, in like Portland's education system. Alex Newman, um, Edward Griffin. I mean, just all these Christian Hall, Jeanette Finnecum, Lavoie Finnecum's uh, wife, the murdered rancher, uh, the Bundys, all these people I've gotten to meet along the way. And I just think they're such you superstars and telling the truth and, and getting the word out there that it, it's been quite a ride. Um, at the same time, it's doom and gloom. And, and, you know, so here we are in the 21st century facing this head on. Yeah. And that this is, this has come a long way and we don't want to forget Jim White. I mean, Jim was covering a lot of stuff too, uh, out there. He covered the Bundy ranch and a lot of things going on. In fact, a lot of people still are unaware that the whole thing going on with the Bundys was about water rights. It, it, it wasn't about yeah. this, this, the thing that they were saying it was, and then they blew it up to make them out to be terrorists and that and the other. And then the, the courts wanted to come behind that and hide all of that too, to keep that out of the court so that they could get another conviction. Um, but you saw it as something really as a, a more or less a personal attack, I'm assuming because of the of the the issues with your family the um the the ranch and things of that nature this is part of this is an attack on your livelihood your ability to live your life yeah. uh as a person made in the image of god with certain inalienable rights and here it is this foreign entity has influenced the united states in such a way that they're coming after your livelihood the livelihood of your parents and such and other people and so you've been blowing the whistle on that now when we talked the other day um you know, I, I asked you about USMCA because yeah. this thing is a real problem. We've had uh, Publius Holda on to speak about that kind of issue and what she sees developing. And this is these were people who um, some of the people supported Donald Trump. And now they're seeing, oh, well, he did all these good things, you know, reversing EPA as far as if you're going to write a, uh, a regulation, you got to get rid of two. And then in one fell swoop, the USMCA kind of done away with all of that stuff because it's going to set up a lot of problems for America, gives away American sovereignty. You want to speak to that first? Yeah. Um, well, you know what came to my mind when you mentioned USMCA? I remember that when, oh shoot, Ted Cruz, right? He was running for president. Um, and I remember his wife, I can't remember her name. Yeah, Heidi. Being part of, what, what's her name? Heidi. Heidi was totally a part of USMCA and saying that, you know, it, it's a connection from Canada down to Mexico and it's going to be great for trade. And But what it does, first of all, it talks about sustainable development in one of its chapters. And I haven't read it specifically, but I do know people, researchers who, you know, if they said it was pink, it's pink. Um, I trust these guys like Alex Newman of New American Magazine, for example. And so, you know, I, I remember tying Heidi to, she's also an investment, uh, she was in investment banking. 
and I can't remember what company she was with, but it's a big globalist company, trading company, investment company, who had been pushing something called, um, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it. Uh, environmental social governance, environmental social governance. And when you look up ESG, so totally linked to the USMCA, ESG, environmental social governance, is Agenda 21 in the financial sector. So I know this is probably not what you were, you were thinking I was going. But there is a document, Tim, called Show Me the Money by the United Nations, written for the United Nations. It's called Show Me the Money. And in there on page, I think it's page seven, but it's early on in the document, it talks about how their fiduciary responsibility, like Heidi, is to implement Agenda 21. It says it right there in the document. So here you have somebody whose job as a VP of, I can't remember what company, it's like J.P. Morgan, it's, I think it was J.P. Gold, Morgan. Yeah, it's Goldman Sachs. You have this, or Goldman Sachs. Okay, yep. so you have this VP of this this invest major, major investment organization trading um, for, um, sorry, I'm going to keep itching my face. I got bit by a mosquito. <laughs> so we got the dog barking upstairs. By, I'm itching my chin here because I get bit by a mosquito. Anyway, so, you know, just this, so here she is, her job as a head of, of um, of, uh, what did you say it was? Not J.P. Morgan. Goldman Sachs. J.P. Morgan. Yeah, Goldman Sachs. Goldman. Goldman is uh, to implement ESG. And it says right there in their document, Agenda 21. So you have this merging together of these ideas that all break down the sovereignty. And that's the big key. That's, that's the big point. They all are designed to break down the sovereignty of our states and the sovereignty of the United States of America. And, and that's what USMCA does. It doesn't acknowledge our state rights. It's, it, it just rams through this, this corridor of trade with uh, Canada and Mexico, ignoring, ignoring some of our state rights and, and freedoms. So it is dangerous. Um, we're told that ranchers and farmers are all for it. No, we're not for it. A lot of us are not for it because we see the, uh, the attack on private property rights. Um, and that's what it will do. There will be people who are completely, their private property rights are impacted. But um, so that's what I have to say about USMCA that people don't probably know is that it, it definitely, one of the crafters, Definitely knows about Agenda 21. Heidi does. It was her responsibility to enforce um, environmental social governance into uh, Goldman Sachs um, practices. And environmental social governance, simply put, is that when you do trades or when you are investing or divesting uh, in a company for your portfolio, you are thinking about the environment. Social is social equity and governance is that um, that within the organization, they have to show that they are uh, acknowledging that women have to have equal pay, that sort of thing. So when somebody hears that and they understand Agenda 21, they're like, that is full on Agenda 21. 
And most trading companies have incorporated ESG and, and major companies. Now you can look up ESG, Environmental Social Governance, for Google, and you'll see that Google has an ESG plan. You guys, it's all Agenda 21 in disguise. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And then there's the giving away of sovereignty in that. I think you're hinting at some of that with the other. We had this with PH, where there's going to be a, a sort of a governing body over the three uh, countries, Mexico, America, and Canada, or the U.S. and Canada. And they're going to be doing things that we only gave authority to um, our Congress to do, uh, things like tariffs and things like that. So they're going to have these kinds of stuff in place, and it does give away American sovereignty. And Americans have gotten so used to uh, the Congress delegating their authority to another branch of government like the presidency. There's a lot of stuff that's unconstitutional done by many presidents that is the job of Congress, not the, the executive branch. And so now we're seeing them giving it to this other body, which is going to be international. We'll set up a, a little section within what's coming with the New World Order if we don't stop it. And so we're going to be a part of that. And we have the current... House of Representatives, which they should have never been involved under our Constitution, the Senate, and uh, President Trump to thank for that, for doing that for us. They, 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 they've talked a good game about America first, but then they've kind of put us back in that respect. Now, there's some other things, too, because we've got you for a short time. We could take hours to talk about your knowledge of things that, that go on, but I want to hit some of the things that we see going on right now. What about this issue that's come out? We've seen, I've never seen anything like it in my life where they've just taken and shut down an entire economy over what we know is basically a lie, um, this coronavirus stuff. Yeah. I've had uh, doctors and a nurse. We have a health and wellness expert who comes on on Saturdays, and she's really getting it over there in the U.K. That's where she's from because she's calling out the truth of what actually goes on with viruses, what's happening with 5G and things of this nature. Does that tie into Agenda 21 as well? Absolutely. Let, let me read this to you. In fact, Tim, I just, I haven't read this book in a long time. I, I quote it all the time, but I haven't read it. It's called Agenda 21, The Earth Summit Strategy to Save Our Planet, edited by a guy named Daniel C. Tars, introduced by, introduction by U.S. Senator Paul Simon. It's the, this is the document that was written here in the United States you can see the big old title, Agenda 21, via Executive Order 12852. And Okay, so in 1992, President uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was president. That was when we had the first Rio, United Nations Rio Earth Summit. That is where Agenda 21 was promulgated in Brazil to the world as a global climate action plan. Um, and I'll tell you what Agenda 21 is in just a minute, but um, specifically. In 1993, President Clinton and Al Gore uh, were pre vice president and president. And in 1994, this executive 12852 went into action, the President's Council on Sustainable Development. Daniel C. Tars served on President Clinton's uh, president's presidential council on um, on sustainable development. So here's what the Clinton administration describes as Agenda 21. 
Effective execution of Agenda 21 will require a profound reorientation of all human society, unlike anything the world has ever experienced. A major shift in the priorities of both governments and individuals, and an unprecedented redeployment of human and financial resources. That's where the environmental social governance comes in, the divesting, et cetera, from fossil fuels is in the financial resources. This shift will demand that a concern for the environmental consequences of every human action. We are breathing right now. We are using computers right now. There was mining that had to take place in order for us to have these computers to communicate and to have video and all these things. I, I got a clothing on. All of these things they are suggesting has an environmental impact. And this, so this shift will demand that a concern for the environmental consequences of every human action be integrated into individual and collective decision-making at every level. This, is, this means that everything you do now, everything you do, if you smoke, it's now my business. Because if you're smoking and I'm paying for your health care, I'm putting money in because, whoa, we got to have a universal health care system. That's what's coming next. If you are smoking, it probably has an environmental impact. So now it's my business what you do in your life. Here's what I just reread, Tim, after not reading this for a long time. Goes on to say the ne- on the next page, the comprehensive approach of Agenda 21 provides a blueprint for action in all areas of human activity. Virtually every aspect of human civilization is addressed by some portion of Agenda 21. So they go on to say there's, you know, 40 different sections. There's um, 120 separate action items. But every everything, so what they're saying is that everything is now Um, part of this global plan, including health, viruses. I've got another book right here called Ecoscience. It's a thick book written by by Paul Ehrlich, who wrote Population Bomb, and his wife, Anne Ehrlich, and John P. Holdren. John P. Holdren was the science czar under Obama. This is called Ecoscience, Population, Resources, and Environment. It was written in the 19th, copyrighted in the 1970s. They talked about a pandemic someday that would happen, that would require, you know, a global system of managing the, a so-called pandemic. These globalists have, been, have known for decades that there could, had to be something. Okay, so let me go further. Remember back in the 60s, I think it was UFOs. There was like a UFO scare. There was um, um, the planet is cooling in the 70s. Um, I remember I couldn't use hairspray growing up because the ozone layer, they had have always used something to scare, to shock people. It's called the shock doctrine. They've always tried to use something, climate change, to scare people. Climate change didn't work, Tim, the way that they wanted to, but this pandemic has. They have seen, these globalists have seen us human beings um, kowtow to this, this scare tactic, and we've followed their marching orders, and we, they are now seeing how they can control the system. 
just by this pandemic. In fact, people, you know, my, my specialty is climate change and environmentalism. And the people who have been involved in the climate change, like Al Gore fight, are using not only racism, COVID-19, coronavirus, um, to say the only way we could solve climate change is by solving all these problems together by going to sustainability. Did that make sense, Tim? Because it made sense in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it it does. It does make sense. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, that this is, I mean, it's wrapped around. It's kind of like when we bring Lynn on on Wednesdays and she talks about education, something that's unconstitutional for the federal government to be involved in. It gets intertwined. It is, I mean, we call it indoctrination because that's what it is. But what happens is, is that it gets interwoven into everything else to where now things that are pushed as education determine where you're going to get a job. Uh, they determine whether or not you can rent a house. They determine, you know, what kind of schooling you're going to get and all this. It's really a push towards communism is what it is. They want a communist workforce. Don't ask questions. You're Winston in 1984. Yeah. That's what they want, except not thinking. <laughs> and uh, and all of this stuff gets woven, and people become so confused because the tentacles of, of Agenda 21 are just in everything. Like you said, they're trying to control every aspect of life here. Well, they admit it. They admit it in this book that it covers every aspect of life. So it's monitoring, controlling, and surveilling all land, all air. This is, you know, go to Rosa Cora's website, Democrats Against UN Agenda 21. She does an excellent, you know, death, uh, explanation of all the things that are going to be monitored, controlled, and surveilled. I've even heard that at some point with the GPS and the GIS systems that are being put in place, that they will be able to tell when a blade of grass moves. That's frightening. Why is that a concern? Because they don't want you taking from the environment. You are not to take from the environment. You are to live in the built world. What's the built world? The concrete world, the big cities, the mega cities. And you're supposed to, you know, have an outlying park area where you can go and get your, you know, your health back by going and getting your doctor's prescription to go. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but (laughs) it's true to go out into a park and get, you know, healthy again. If the doctor prescribes to you that you need to go out to the hospital. The park, well, the park is going to be right out your, outside your city or within your city. And then there's going to be, you know, these corridors, these uh, cores, corridors, and cor- uh, um, cores, corridor, cores and corridors for protected land, also known as the Wildlands Project. And that's where ranchers and farmers are really seeing uh, Agenda 21 come into place. When we're seeing, you know, endangered species which not one species, I think, I don't think there's been one species yet that they've saved under the Endangered Species Act since the 70s. You know, it's, it's, it's been a sham. And, but what you're seeing is more and more take, more and more land um, preserved or protected for uh, animal corridors, for animal habitat, for wolf habitat, for coho salmon, non-native to the area, but we're going to put this endangered, threatened species in this area and then tell you, you can't use, you've got to fence off the river on your ranch. You can't cross the river with, 
with a vehicle or your cows without getting a permit, even though you have adjudicated riparian water rights. You know, my brother-in-law, not to get off on a tangent, but I know I usually forget to share this. My brother-in-law is a developer in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, He does single family homes, usually medium income, single family homes. He has a big project right now. And, um, and I think it's um, uh, the Tracy area of California, if you're from California and no, it's not, it's, um, it's, it's uh, Vacaville area, sorry, Vacaville area. And it's, it's a huge project, uh, housing project. He's had to pay over $21 million. His company has had to pay over $21 million to mitigate a tiger salamander that they found during construction. They've had to hire an environmental scientist, a specialist, who has a special refrigerated box that when a tiger salamander is found, they have to call this scientist up who then comes over, six-figure scientist, come over, put the salamander in a box and take it to a core area that Steve, that my brother-in-law had to purchase. You know, he had to purchase land and a, a core and a corridor piece of property for these tiger salamanders. And then after all is said and done, $21 million has been sent. Staff has been hired. Fencing has been put up to protect these tiger salamanders. The environmentalists have come back and said, oops, there's more tiger salamander than we originally thought. They're not endangered and they're not in threat, threatened. But my, you know, that $21 million is gone. These things are happening all over. And you may not hear about it from somebody like my brother-in-law because he's got too much going on. He's like, are you going to sue? Are you going to get that money back? I don't have time to go to court. Plus the courts are so stacked against us that you see losses all over the place. So people just give up. I know a rancher down the road who was charged $9,000 per fish, per salmon found in one of their ditches um, put in the the California Fishing Game put in a weir, which is supposed to um, keep the fish out of the ditches. Well, these fish, they were five fingerlings, were found on somebody trespassed to take video of these five fingerlings in this little ditch. Um, from and the weir was faulty, put in by the government, but it was faulty. But the ranchers got blamed nine thousand dollars per fish they were charged. They settled out of court because they didn't want to go through the process, which makes them automatically guilty. They paid a you know a a, a fee, a, a, they got a spanking, paid a fee, but still to this day they're guilty for killing five fingerling fish. And so these stories are happening all over, you guys. It's, it's disgusting. But this is the agenda, is to take more and more property, to take more and more control of all property, and create wildland areas and protected areas for species, whether those species belong there or not. And this is part of the agenda. Yeah, and it's, it's never, it, this is not about law. So let's let people understand that. This is really about uh, a, a, a worldview that I believe is a part of earth worship uh, combined with authoritarianism. I mean, when you read Romans 1, this is the very thing that God turns men over to who turn away from him, who won't honor him. 
They'll worship the cre- yeah. they'll, they'll worship the creation, and that's what they're doing. They're saying, "Oh, well, we can't destroy this lovely piece of land," and, and I understand that. Nobody wants the uh, concrete jungle everywhere. I get that. At the same time. Boy, when you go so far as you're wanting to find out when a blade of grass blows around, I mean, that is, I mean, these people are psychopaths in that. I mean, they really are that. So when we, when we look at this, okay, so we're, we're seeing these other things come along. What about the rioting and the push that we've seen here? We've seen the lockdowns, uh, in some of the States, not all of them, but in some of the States, they've become very vicious over that. And we've seen that as a result of the lie about what's going on with the pandemic. We've seen that. Now we're seeing another thing because people were catching on to what was going on. Now we see this, uh, you know, this guy allegedly murdered. I mean, I know some people call into question a lot of stuff about the George Floyd thing. But nevertheless, yeah. it sparks some it sparks some legitimate protests. Then they send in the paid provocateurs. Then they send them into other cities right. around the country. And then it became rioting and looting. That's different than protesting people. Let's keep our, our terms you know, separate. One is legitimate. The other is criminal. Does that play into this as well as far as bringing in uh, some of this, this kind of agenda also? Oh, totally. It's break down the system. You break it down and you you rebuild it. This is what they want to do. They want to rebuild the world into a global government system under the guidance of the United Nations. This document in the last chapter talks about the role of the United Nations over the common good. And so, yeah, why make a let a crisis go to waste their goal is to ratchet things up and i know that if you look at what happened to the bundies and for example what did the government do they went in they had like 200 snipers in 2014 on the bundy ranch to ratchet things up why because when you ratchet things up who do you need to come? Someone needs to come in to calm things down and to create order. Who is that? It's a bigger government. That is what they want is big government. And they want the, and, and for all of us to say, yeah, we need it. We need it. So yeah, I think it's all part and parcel to this getting the world on the same page. Right? So we have this, global pandemic. Now we have this global rioting going all over the world over this guy named George. It was a George Floyd. I haven't been, I don't follow it very much, Tim, like you. I know it's not what I'm being told is not the truth. So I tune out until months down the road, 9-11, Sandy Hook, um, Columbine, all these things. I don't get involved in any of it. It's going on. And I just go, yep, there it is. There it is. Let it go until there is more and more research done. And then, cause you know what, Tim, I just want to get to the truth of it all. Don't mess with my brain and throw all this detail in that isn't, it turns out it's not even true. So, and I, that's my advice for most people too. Don't listen to what you're being told you know, wait till more and more people do some research and then maybe start getting into the details of it. 
but right away, you know that you're going to be told a bunch of lies by the media. But to answer your question, Tim, it's absolutely all part and parcel of this thing called global governance. You know, we even have um, globalists now saying, talking again about a new world order. So I think that they think that they're super, super close to having uh, their goals of Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century. It is an agenda to one, to one world governance, to a one world governance system where we're monitored, controlled, and surveilled all the time. These things also, you know, okay, so let me give you a couple examples. I go to the United Nations meetings, as you know. I've been all over the world. I pay for them on my own, so it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid and and nobody's paying me to get there. I go because I want to get to the bottom of it. I want firsthand information. I don't want to hear from anybody else because I want to own what I say. So I go, I show up to these meetings. Back in 2012, when I ran for Congress, um, I went to the Rio or Summit, Rio Plus 20. Google was there, and I actually was working for Google at the time. Oh, no, I just, just stopped working for Google. And Google was there, and I went to visit their booth. And this goes along with the grass moving, right? I just want to uh, follow up with that before I forget. Google has software in Google, within Google Earth where they have been um, collecting data a lot. They pay a lot of third world uh, people in third world countries to collect data and count the number of trees in an area. So I have video of uh, the Google employee showing me how if a tree is cut, they can tell because it's now missing from their Google Earth and they can identify what kind of tree. So they're going in and having people um, say, what is exactly this tree? Like, is it an apple tree or whatever? So there's that. There's also, I remember they had um, uh, Google Roads, a road, Google Roadless map. And the Roadless map is they take roads, whether it's a dirt road, and they take 40 miles each way on that road. And they say that, so when you look at America, for example, in the roadless map, they show the United States as fully developed because of all the roads and that within 40 miles of each direction, they say that someone can build something, a home or put in a cabin or whatever, you know, that... So they, have, they show America as completely developed. Um, and so the roadless map is to show how much environmental degradation is going on. And then the other one is in Malaysia. I was at United Nations Habitat uh, Conference 9. Cities for All is what it was called. Because by uh, the year uh, 2080, they believe. Uh, 2050, they believe that over 80% of all the world's population should be living in cities, should be living in cities. So if you're in rural America, know that you're one of their targets because they think over 80% of the world's population should be living in cities in the built world where all your resources will be, you know, there for you, handed to you. You won't have to rely on anybody else or you'll, you know, everything will be there. In other words, you won't have to go out and hunt for your own food or grow your own crops because everything's going to be there so convenient for you in the cities. I remember 
being part of a presentation where they were talking about monitoring and surveilling. And they used a, um, this, oh gosh, incredible uh, computer application where by using um, facial recognition, voice recognition, um, credit card spending, um, texting, um, um, location devices on your phone, all these different ways to track you. Now you can think COVID-19 and how they want to trace, you know, use these tracing, this tracing app to find out if you're sick or whatever. And then if your temperature is a certain level, and then if that's the case, then they're going to alert people around you and they can track back to where you were a few days earlier to warn all the people who were in your vicinity because your body, your, your heat is elevated. So anyway, this intricate surveillance system that was displayed in Malaysia and it's already been, it's already been launched in London. I think Beijing has it. Um, and it's all about tracking you all the time that if, for example, one of the examples given to me was, well, if where you live, they're really concerned about the environment and you throw down trash, you can be, uh, um, fined. You'll get a ticket in the mail and, so my question to, to, uh, to the presenters was, is this like real? Like, okay, so what they could do is if you're driving fast, you're speeding, uh, if you're still allowed to have a private car, if you're speeding, they can use uh, the cameras to see, because there's cameras, you know, the whole thing is to have cameras everywhere, surveillance cameras. They can see, capture your eyes, your face, also the license plate on your car. They could track then, um, a, a database comes up on you. This is not a joke, you guys. This is not a joke. I saw it firsthand. Your social security, um, the examples they used were people from Malaysia because conference was in Malaysia, but the uh, whatever social security number, I don't know what they call it in Malaysia, but your hair color, your eye color, your height, um, your home address, your home phone number, um, your email, um, um, any prior tickets or anything that you've ever done, all right there in a snap, ready to send you a ticket or go get you and arrest you. Um, it's incredible. So, you know, all this, when you have riots like this, <clears throat> pardon me, when you have riots like this and violence happening and private property being destroyed and laws being broken, what better reason to make society feel safe than bring in a massive surveil system that is going to bring order back into society? I mean, they're just pushing. I guarantee you, we already saw it with COVID-19. They're already talking about tracers and having apps and all this, you know, to track you. Uh, the next thing is they're going to guarantee you mark my words they're going to come up with something they're going to say we need uh surveillance because there's too many looters and rioters and and people are going to go along with it because they want to save society 
anyway, long, long answer to your question. I, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> worth yeah. It. Yeah, no. I, in fact, we, we've got some people going, well, if they have all this technology, why aren't they catching the guys doing the shootings, like in Chicago and stuff? If they, if they have all this technology, why haven't they brought some people to justice? Well, that's the point. They, they're showing yeah. you they're not interested in justice. They're not interested in keeping you safe. They're interested in controlling you. That is the whole point. And you were making mention of the surveillance system, uh, the 5G network that's been rolled out in um, uh, China. Now, we had Mark Steele on from the U.K. who says, you know, 5G is a weapon. I mean, he's a weapons expert. He, he made the blast shields to cut down on the radiation, you know, that's causing ocular degeneration and stuff like that for the pilots and things over there. And he made them so that they were not – the radiation level was very, very low. And he points out that it, it's been used militarily as a weapon, but there was another guy I watched who had been to Hong Kong, and he said, basically, if you've got any kind of smartphone, and I say they make you stupid because the only thing I really know how to use it for is make a call and maybe a couple little apps or something, but they get you using those things. He said in Hong Kong, you can go out on the street now. The 5G is tied with um Facial recognition with with your voice, all of this kind of stuff can pinpoint where you're at. And you can walk out on the street and say Uber. You don't even need a, a an app for it. And it will pinpoint where you're at and send an Uber driver there. I mean, that's some people will go, that's kind of cool. Well, yeah, if you don't have evil men using it. But if you've got evil men using it, it's not so cool. It is to track you. It is to control you. Um, it is to make you bow so that if you ever wake up and dissent against what they're doing to you and to the people around you, then you can just be summarily off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, one of the things, this is this is part of it too. I think the, uh, the 5G network coming in is part of this uh, Agenda 21. Now, real quickly, because we're running out of time, I don't know if you want to stay over a little bit or if you've got some other things you want to speak about. Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm coherent at 3 a.m., <laughs> if, if I sound coherent, then um, why not? I'm already up. So, okay. um, yeah, we've been working cows. So, you know, I got to be up in a little bit anyway. So whatever you want. OK, well, we, we may hang over for a few minutes after uh, those on listening by radio, Red State Talk Radio. If you want to pick us up on YouTube or Facebook or any of the other uh, outlets that we're on, just look up Sons of Liberty and uh, you'll be able to, to catch us on there and, and catch the, the remaining minutes after the, the closing music goes out. But Debbie, one of the other things is uh, some we've got Agenda 2030 behind this. So am I safe to assume that Agenda 21 is sort of this is the goal for this for this decade or, or however, however many years they put that out. And then we've got another decade coming behind it. So we want to make sure that these stepping stones are in place. And then 2030, what are we looking at with the UN from that? Yeah. Okay. Great question. A lot of people say that the 2030 agenda has replaced agenda 21. That is absolutely false. Agenda 21, United Nations agenda 21, sustainable development. It's all about sustainability guys. That's why we hear so much about sustainable farming and sustainable dishes and sustainable everything. This is all under Agenda 21, and it's what they wanted. Uh, the um, United Nations spent millions on a terminology that would um, encompass everything they wanted uh, for the 21st century, and they came up with the term sustainability and sustainable development. 
So Agenda 21 is the agenda for the 21st century. It's a 100-year plan. The 2030 agenda is to the year 2030. It's when the Green New Deal wants to be complete, right? All these things are hinging on the 2030 agenda, the year 2030. It's the first 30 years of that 100-year plan. It's aggressive. Within the 2030 agenda is our 17 sustainable development goals. No more hunger, no more poverty, gender equality, um, sustainable consumption, um, um, sustainable education, health. um, uh, Gosh, there's so many. I can't. Oceans, land, water, um, species, 17 goals. And within those 17 goals, within the, you know, to be completed by the year 2030, there are 169 targets. I'll give you an example in a second here. And within those targets, it might be like 5.2 is, this is one of the targets, five, uh, sustainable development goal five is gender equality. 5.2, target 5.2 is, and you ask me how they're going to do this. This isn't verbatim, but 5.2 is all women and girls um, are to uh, no more violence for uh, girls and women in the public and private spheres. So verbal abuse, imagine your home, verbal abuse, abuse is violence. They say in public and private spheres, how are they going to prove that you have been violent to your daughter or whatever in your home? But that's one of the goals by the year 2030. Another one is, um, and I can't remember what sustainable development goal this is right now, but to have, cut in half, the number of traffic accidents. How do you cut worldwide? How do you cut the number of traffic accidents? There's only one way. Get you out of your car. Promote autonomous vehicles. Promote Public, you know, um, uh, public transportation, walking and biking everywhere you go. And that is part of Agenda 21. Let me let so me ask. Can I ask something? These, on, can yeah. I ask? Let me ask something on that one, because usually they show us what they're going to do before they do it. Now, we see this development of the the cars that drive themselves. And we've seen like in the the, the film Minority Report, if they have that and they're on these, quote unquote, smart roads, then they have control. Even if you drive a car and they make it uh, environmentally, whatever, whatever they sustainable is what they call it. Then can't they control that car? And if you're going somewhere where they don't think you ought to be going, they can stop you in the middle of it. They can back you up. They can arrest you. I mean, yep. are, it seems to me they're developing that technology as well. Yeah, it's all in the system. It's all an autonomous system. It's all technocracy, a scientific dictatorship with Debbie, technology. To Debbie, make, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me close out yeah. the show here. Guys, you guys have a great weekend, great Lord's Day. Tomorrow, join us at 8 a.m. Kate Shimarani will be here. She's going to tell us what they're trying to do, stripping her of her registration as a nurse in the U.K. Hang on tight. We'll be right back. All right, there's the music going again. I don't know why this thing wants to start the music over again, but uh, we're back here on the other side of the radio show. And uh, welcome to anybody who comes in after. Uh, and 
Debbie, I'd pitched that to you, and I hated to cut you off. I just I looked at the clock, and I'm like, oh, I got three seconds before the music comes on, so we want to have that out of the way. So uh, you want to finish your thought on what I pitched about the the technology of, of cars and things of that nature? Oh, yeah. No, um, I used to work for uh, Eric Schmidt of Google, and he did a presentation. So I've been following him um, ever since, he, you know, he became president of Alphabet. And the reason he was hired by Google is because he went to Burning Man and they thought he was really cool. And anyway, Eric Schmidt was in a presentation um, given in L.A. where the minimum price to go to this conference was like $12,500 per person. And then the uh, maximum price was like 24000 these are all bigwigs, globalists, uh, people in high tech, people who can Hollywood, people who can afford to go to a conference like this. And I remember him saying, uh, followed by another presenter right after that about autonomous cars. Eric talked about how your Google, your smartphone, not your Google, how your smartphone will detect when you're not feeling well. And so your, your smartphone is going to call the doctor for you. It's going to call, you know, a, a Uber or whatever and come pick you up. Or if you have to go to the airport for some kind of trip is another example they give. But if the road is too dangerous, the car will not come pick you up. So it's totally about using technology to control what you can and cannot do. Eric said, these, these phones are designed to be smarter than you. And he also said, all you'll need in life is your smartphone. So all the technology is going to be intertwined by these globalists. We already see it happening. Um, and it will also tell you whether, you know, what you, you know, you'll be limited as to what your phone, your smartphone, which is smarter than you, you'll be limited as to what the smartphone will allow you to do. So um, I think I heard the terminology of it called singularity. So singularity, check out the word singularity. It's, it's about everything going high tech, everything being about within a system. Um, and you can't, here's the thing about systems. Unlike elected officials, you know, or corrupt men or kings, you can overthrow them. You can't overthrow a system. You can upgrade it, but you cannot overthrow it. So that to me is super frightening. Yeah. And there's some other things. Uh, in fact, I'm thinking of uh, at least two things. Um, Paul, uh, who's watching on one of uh, the Facebook pages, he said they're probably going to replace real food and small farms with Bill Gates' GMO Frankenfood for sustainability, too. And we already see that. We've seen the pink slime. We've seen the laboratory-generated meat, whatever that's supposed to be. And uh, we've seen yeah. we've seen the GMOs come in, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, this is great because the the world is starving." It's not great because this stuff gets in our bodies, and it's problematic for our bodies too. This, I mean. You're talking about them wanting to push us in the cities. And it, I remember years ago, I watched a, a brief video of an interview. I think the lady, I think the guy who was doing the interviews, it was in New York. It was like at little supermarkets and stuff. And he was asking the people, and it just kind of blew my mind. He he said, uh, he asked one of the ladies, he says, well, do you think the food's always going to be, oh, yeah, we're going to have food all the time. He goes, well, do you know where the food comes from? And she looked at him funny like, well, don't you know? It comes from the store. 
And it's they people just think there are some people, not all people. There's some rational people who understand where food comes from. But she was like, it comes from the store. I come here to the store. It gets here. She has no idea who took and cut the eyes off the potato, planted them in the in the ground, let them grow, harvested them, uh, sold them to somebody else who sells them to the supermarket, and it gets to her. She has no idea how that happens. So, you know, this taking of, of, of farmers' lands, especially when, you know, they're hitting them, you know, somebody in the family, the patriarch dies in the family, whatever, and they're going to have this death tax, and then the family can't pay it, so then they take it over, they sell it to some big wig or a corporation or something like that, and then they start all this process of the hormones, and the GMOs and all this other stuff. I mean, this is a real thing that's a part of that too, isn't it? Oh yeah, total control of the food system and what you can and cannot eat. Look, under this system, we are told what we can and cannot drive, where we can and cannot live, what we can and cannot eat, where we can and cannot go to school. I mean, where now, where we can, when and, and how we can fly. Now you have to wear a mask in order to fly. So all these, yes, it's like an encroachment on your freedom of choice, your freedom of liberty, your private property. It's extraordinary. And we're go- we've are we been going along with it, Tim. We have been hook, line, and sinker. Now with this COVID thing, hook, line, and sinker all the way. So yeah, remember, well, the fake meat, they're already pushing fake meat, like you said, lab meat. They're pushing uh, protein by insects, the United Nations is. In fact, I remember at the Paris Agreement in 2015, um, the Paris Agreement is the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Conference was, at the Paris Agreement was that we all must live a sustainable development lifestyle in the 21st century in order to maintain the global temperature within um, 1.5 degrees Celsius. It's like 3 point, I don't know, 3 point something degrees Fahrenheit. So in other words, the Earth's temperature is like a thermometer that you can either turn it up or down. How do you turn it down? How do you, how do you maintain the temperature or turn it down? You get people out of your cars. You have them not eat meat because cows cause meth- methane, according to them. Methane is a greenhouse gas. The greenhouse gases are causing this heat, uh, uh, you know, the world to heat up because the CO2 is uh, uh, rising. That is all nonsense. There is no correlation between CO2 going up and temperature going up. It is nonsense. And the biggest, do you know what the biggest greenhouse gas, not to put you on the spot, is what is the biggest greenhouse gas on planet Earth? Biggest greenhouse gas. I was going to say CO2. I don't know. Water vapor. Water Why vapor. do we not hear about water vapor? <laughs> if water vapor is, you know, if greenhouse gases are causing the, you know, the global temperature to rise and water vapor is the biggest greenhouse gas, why do we hear nothing about water vapor? Because it's not about temperature. It's about temperature. They're tampering with the temperature in order to, you know, another scare tactic in order to push us all into sustainable development. I mark my words, this COVID-19, this racism stuff, this George Floyd stuff, they're all going to say, well, if we quit white supremacy, we'll be able to solve climate change. Guarantee there's something out there like that because they're trying to tie it all in together into a nice, neat little package and 
to push their agenda. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, are you really like, seriously, is this like, like, it just sounds crazy. Look, Al Gore, his 10 year tipping points, none of them came true. Miami should have been underwater already. He declared that the polar bears were, you know, endangered and dying off because of glacier melt. The polar bears are thriving. There's more polar bears now than when Al Gore was born. So um, Al Gore, and so here's what I say to people, you know, about why they're not going to stop. Because they have a legacy to leave behind. And can you imagine, people, your legacy, your life being uh, forever, the memory of you being that you lied. You lied to the entire world. These guys don't want to be caught. You know, look at Jeffrey Epstein. Look what happened to him. I I don't know if you've seen that Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. You have to watch it. It's, it's phenomenal. And what I was left with, like I'm left with all this other stuff, is they know they've got dirt on each other. They know something about each other that if one goes down, it'll be a domino effect. In all this, I'm, I, I, I hope I'm not, like in my mind, it makes sense to say it this way. In every environment, also with climate change, for example, if we can prove, which we are, that the inter, intergovernmental panel on climate change is fudging the numbers and we're proving it, then down goes all their research. If we can prove which we are, that the United Nations has corrupt scientists and even non-scientists within their studies, all of their data goes down. But here's the problem we run in. We don't have an outlet, you know, like the media is not on our side to have that, you know, have that be true so that we could actually get back to living our lives with, you know, and, and freedom and liberty. So, um, But the point about Jeffrey Epstein is when you watch that documentary, you're like, you're left with, they have so much more dirt on each other that hopefully people come out and and start, you know, telling the truth about Bill Clinton and his ties to Jeffrey Epstein and, and which is going to, you know, um, chip away at these people's credibility, totally chip away. And that's what we need to happen. We need these... These, these, these globalists, these people who are seen as the leaders of the world, they're corrupt, they're evil, they're bad. And so if we can start chipping away at their credibility and, and get to the kids, get to the children, get to the younger people. You know, Tim, have you heard of the, um, the Sunrise Movement? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, it's, I've heard Ocon- it. I've heard of it briefly. I haven't really gotten into it. Oh my gosh. Um, Start looking into the sunrise movement. They are tying climate change with um, social justice and, um, and educating young children and teenagers to protest, to riot, and also, um, burned down buildings, they say is okay because buildings can be rebuilt. Now, why do I say that? Because 
I want to go back to Al Gore and this monitoring system. In this children's book called Agenda 21 Rescue Mission Planet Earth, uh, Children's Guide to Agenda 21, on the very first page is a quote from Al Gore. And he says, as chairman of the Space Subcommittee in the Senate, I strongly urge the establishment of a mission to planet Earth, a worldwide monitoring system staffed by children designed to rescue the global environment. So kids, so they're, they're bringing in the children now in all these battles. And, um, and I just think it's, it's, it's just disastrous. It's, it's, this is abuse. It's mental abuse. They're, they're using kids lying to the public and then using children to, um, to implement their global goals, whether it's the riots, whether it's climate justice, whether it's, um, you know, vaccinations, all children are going to be vaccinated. That is the goal of the United Nations. Even in this book, they talk about how they wanted over 80% of all children vaccinated by the year, uh, I think it was 1994 or something like that. So, you know, this is where I think the battle begins. You're messing with kids now. You're using children to, um, you know, to implement your goals, um, and and I think it's disturbing and disgusting. I wish we had uh, time. I've got massive videos and uh, the children at at the UN conferences and on how they're, you know, the children are being brought into the UN conferences as choirs or whatever, wearing face masks um, to say that the planet is they can't even breathe the air because the planet is, you know, just so polluted. Uh, it's just disturb. It's so disturbing. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, if you were to ask me what, what keeps me going in all of this, it's seeing how the children are being used and abused in all of this. Oh, I agree. All of this. Can you imagine child now? So then now they're showing up to riots. They're inciting violence. Um, the Sunrise Movement is training them. So Sunrise Movement is Alexandria Communist. Um, it's Elon Omar, whatever her name is. Um, they are all part of the Sunrise Movement. The Green New Deal, Sunrise Movement. Um, so, so climate justice, the Sunrise Movement. And they do training. So um, you can, uh, I'll send you the link to a video that was just recently done by Mill the millennial or millennial Millie, they uh, infiltrated the Sunrise Movement for the past two years. You're talking about for the and Minneapolis, are you talking about the Minneapolis riots? Because we posted that, the investigation that they yeah. did. Okay. Yeah, we right. had that. There's, there's, let me, let me interject one thing because you're talking about the children and uh, somebody made mention of the, the Greta Thornburg girl, how, how she's being used in that. And then there was another young lady, uh, I forget where she was from, Germany or somewhere else, who came out and spoke very articulately now i don't you know she may be used in the other way i don't know but she seemed like she was very thoughtful in what she was presenting and um now i i read a story i think it was yesterday or the day before they're actually threatening her uh over that of for imprison to imprison her the other little girl and so it's i mean yeah. and and one guy in here he's asked uh as far as cooling down things the way they talk about he says is it so far-fetched to think that they aren't thinking about killing off a bunch of the population and i think that's part of their agenda too is depopulation oh they admit it they absolutely admit it and and all these 
whether it's this book or or the or or this book, you know, they talk about population control. In all their books, they talk about population control. So I don't know, how do you depopulate the environment or the, the earth? How do you depopulate? Uh, there's, there, this is a movement. The United Nations um, has a, a popular, I think it's United Nations. I can't remember. I can't remember what the organization within the United Nations is. This is all about population control. There's t- massive videos of the United Nations talking about population control. As a matter of fact, Salt Lake City uh, last year had the first official United Nations conference ever. It was historical. I was there. And one of the conversations was, one of the panel discussions was about the environment and the impact of population on the environment. One of the, uh, he was a black leader from South Africa, and I have him on video saying that um, the elephant in the room is population. We need to control population. After the panel discussion, I had my camera go on my, my cell phone videoing, and I talked to him. I said, you know what? You are so brave. You're one of the only people who is talking about population. I said, so how do we solve that problem? Because it's a big problem, right? And he's like, well, yeah, definitely. And I said, how do we solve that? And he's laughing, and he's like, well, we cannot kill them all. Ha, ha, ha. We cannot kill them all. I have it on film. Wow. Wow. He, well, you know, we had uh, Ben McClintock from Defending Utah. Yes. Yeah, we had him yeah. on because one of his yeah. one of his reporters went in, and this is a taxpayer, uh, what was it, the palace? This is a taxpayer-funded and, yeah. and paid-for building, and she's wanting to go in, and I know you were playing the thing. Some people, she's not for population control. But the, the thing is, is she goes into video. I don't know if you saw the video, but she went in. Yeah, I was in it. The video. I'm the pink. I'm wearing the pink oh. shirt. I just happen to be at the okay. place at the right time. Amy is her name, and she had her three cute little children there, and um, and a toddler in her hand in her arm. And the United Nations, the 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 conference was closing for that evening, so they were pushing people out anyway. That's not told in in that video. It makes it sound like she was forced out. They were pushing us all out. And um, I was filming because here's this cute little boy coming up to give me like a, a business card. And I look at the business card as I'm exiting the building and it has a no to, it's got like no to the UN in the right hand corner of this big business card. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Why aren't more people like this family at this conference to protest this conference? Well, all of a sudden, um, the UN um, police come up and UN security come up. And um, and so the interaction is, if you want to share with your viewers what the interaction is, I'll sit back, let you talk. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it was it was very interesting because the the lady who is the head of the security there says we've taken over the compound since the other night. And um, she says, I haven't given you permission to take a picture of my face. And the lady's like. Well, wait a minute. You know, I'm with the press here. And, you know, it was basically if you want to take pictures and video, you go outside the building. Um, this is a lady whose whose tax dollars went to pay for that building. 
And so it, right. it's it's completely and, and until people have had enough of it uh, and put a stop to it. Now, this leads to another thing. And this I'll, I'll try to cut it off because I know you you probably need to get a little rest and we appreciate you staying up for us. But you probably need to get a little rest before you go out and, and do your your daily routines. One of the things you said, you started off saying that you had uh, originally worked for Google and we know that Google was funded. It was really started out by a CA front group called, and this is quite interesting, NQTEL. <laughs> and I, I emphasize that because some people will tune in who listen to Q, and I just have a lot of questions about what we're being fed. And so when there was millions of dollars that was funneled into Google out of the CIA front group to start it, they've, they've started all kinds of help uh, fund big tech companies unconstitutionally, our Constitution does not allow for the government to be using money in this way, but they've been doing it for years. And one of the questions is, is if they're controlling things like Google, uh, and you mentioned the, the Google Earth, the Google Maps, all of these different technologies uh, that are developed out of Google, um, and you're saying we can change out the people, but it's much harder to take down a system, wouldn't things like Google and other things of that nature what would be some strategies to deal with it? Because they're the ones who are, who are um, how, how do we say it? They're the ministry of truth from 1984, if you will. They're the ones determining what you get in your search engine, what you don't. Now, you can go to other things like DuckDuckGo um, that doesn't censor that. Even I'm surprised even Bing and Yahoo don't censor things the way Google does. And it's become so popular that you don't say do an Internet search, you say Google it, right? So it's in the psyche of the people are there some strategies that we could have to take some of these things down? That I do not know because I do not have that kind of techie brain. I wish I, I'm sure that there are people right now working on uh, alternative um, ways of communicating um, that bypass Google. And you mentioned DuckDuckGo. I mean, I know that there's a new social, not new, but newish MeWe but the hard thing is, Tim, is to get people to be inconvenienced. So, so how do I put this? These, the social media, Facebook, all these things, people so easily do now, right? But to have them move to a new platform, have people in masses move to a new platform is what is so difficult, is what's hard. You get people moving, you know, pissed off at, you know, being censored on Facebook. So they go to MeWe, but they don't last there very long because there's not a lot of people. Imagine if tons of people went to DuckDuckGo or tons of like millions, hundreds of millions, billions went to these other sources for communication. I think that, yeah, you could, um, you know, bypass the monitoring, surveilling, controlling of Place, you know, companies like Google, but it's going to take a massive movement and we're not there yet. We are not there. And I'm not quite sure if, you know, this is a spiritual warfare. I think um, getting people to in masses to go to church um, in a fallen society. I, I mean, I think that is what we need to do. We are lacking as a society the moral compass that was required in order to uh, self-govern. So, and without that moral compass, uh, 
you know, the, we will be governed by man. And that is not what the founding of the United States was all about. As you know, it was about our inalienable or unalienable, whatever you want to say, both our work. I know people like, Oh, you just said they're both the same. You guys look back in history, but, um, so our natural rights, our God-given rights, um, those, that is what our country was founded on. It was on the right to own property, property being your brain, your hands, what you create with your head and in your, what you envision in your head and you create with your hands is yours until you give it away. But under this system, they're taking things away, just like with COVID-19. We now are experiencing that government can come in and take your property away, shut down your business, whatever, because of the pandemic. But we don't have the moral compass to keep freedom and liberty right now. We just don't. And I think that is what we need to be working on. I think that is going to butt up to their system, their, their total global governance system, is when you have people who are fearless Fearless because they know that they're protected, protected by our creator, your creator, my creator, God, whoever your creator is. And that we're saying no, that is what needs to happen. That we take a stand and we say, don't you dare. But I know too many people, including myself in certain situations, that I'm, I'm afraid to stand. I'm afraid to go to my neighbor, for example, who's put in this extraordinary fish weir to have coho non-native fish in our stream i'm afraid to go ask him what in the heck are you doing you are destroying you're going to destroy our ability to ranch here why because i'm afraid of retaliation sort of thing so i think um you know as far as overthrowing this global or google system i think the only answer is i really think and not the only answer but i think the big um The big to do is to truly, and I don't say this lightly, do not say this lightly, is to dive deep into the Bible. Let that be your study guide. Because with that, I know that all things are possible. And a lot of people say he's in control. He is, God is. But you and I have have got to be marching to his orders and part of that is being, you know, somebody who's brave and knows that no matter what, no matter what happens, we've got to stand. We've got to stand. I mean, I, I don't know how better to put it, Tim. Um, we are being overtaken because, and, and we're letting it happen. Um, too many people, too many people are not standing. And, um, I don't know. Help me out here. No, it's, I it's, I, I was um, going to let you say it because this was the thing I think that when uh, Jim and I interviewed you, these were the things I was interjecting with the information you were giving at the time. And that's exactly what we promote on the show here is there has to be a return to the foundations that we once had. If we don't do that, then all is lost. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, you know, we've been told yeah. that uh, judgments will, will fall upon uh, people like that in Deuteronomy 28. So that's some, that's something and knowing that we our do. History, yeah. knowing, knowing our history. Sure. And, you know, people say, uh, do, you know, uh, if you do not know history, you're doomed to repeat it. No, you know, history repeats itself all the time. It's the mistakes that we don't want to repeat. That's what we don't want to repeat is the mistakes 
day. It's not history. You can't stop history repeating itself over and over again. Ecclesiastes, what, nothing new under the sun? There's nothing new under the sun. So all this stuff that we're experiencing has been experienced in, in the past at some point. It may not have been, you know, look at the Tower of Babel. What did um, uh, Nimrod, Nimrod grabbed a better technology to build the Tower of Babel to God. He didn't use hay and mud. No, he used an advanced technology. So to one, right? So they built this one tower. It's, it's repeating. The whole goal was to be one to get to God, to be one to get to something. That's what this whole Agenda 21 is. It's a, an agenda to one world governance. It's not about God. In fact, it's anti, antithetical to God, in my opinion. But it's, it, so we, we see in, in Agenda 21, it's just repeating itself that we should all speak the same language. We should all be one. We should all be living in the same area, whether you're rich, poor, you're in a, you know, that's part of Agenda 21 is to take rich neighborhoods and put in poor to make it all equal, to make us all one. That's what Common Core is all about, to make you know it all one for learning and education and to sustainability. So you know nothing new, but if we know our history, we know the mistakes of the past, and we're less likely to repeat those mistakes if we know our history. I agree. I agree. And that's something that we talk about, too, about learning uh, from the past and from those who did it right, uh, learn from their mistakes and then learn what they did right and utilize those things as well. Debbie, um, I'm going to we're going to go ahead and cut off the show, but tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, read some of the stuff you you've put out or uh, videos or things of that nature, because some people are asking. I wanted to give you time to do that. Oh, thank you. Where you can go to uh, find out my bio is technocracy.news, technocracy.news. Uh, fabulous website by and, and information by my friend uh, Patrick Wood. And um, Facebook is Debbie Bacigalupi. Um, Facebook message me and say, I heard you on Tim's show and I'd love to add you. Uh, those are like the main social media Instagram, Debbie Bacigalupi. Um, B-A-C-I-G-A-L-U-P-I. And also if, you know, I, I bring all my books um, when I speak. So I've got, you know, just massive amounts of books too. So it's not just my opinion. Um, it's, you know, I'm reading straight from their documents. And so I, I also go to the United Nations meetings. So if you want somebody who has firsthand information um, and uh, I, I've been told I have a pretty powerful presentation. By the way, I, I at the most uh, Madrid conference that I was at in December, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Madrid conference, which was supposed to be in Chile, but it wasn't in Chile because they were protesting about radical environmental uh, laws that were being placed in Chile. You don't hear about that, though. Um, so they moved it to Madrid. And... On December 2nd, it was my 50th birthday, and on December 2nd, I was in a press conference, and Nancy Pelosi showed up. She was the press conference. I had no idea that she and about 20 others from Congress were going to be at this conference, so they used our taxpayer dollars to go to this conference to 
tell the United Nations that the United States is still in the Paris Agreement, despite what Trump is trying to do, which is get us out, which we're not out until this presidential election. If Trump wins, we are out of the Paris Agreement. If Trump loses, guys, we are in the United Nations Paris Agreement probably for. Ever. That means sustainable development is going to be shoved down your throat at every single level. But anyway, all that to say, I have captured on, on my cell phone, Nancy Pelosi walking right past me. And I said, Nancy, can you please tell us about Agenda 21? And just like all most, probably all elected officials in Washington, D.C., they don't want to address United Nations Agenda 21 at all. So I yelled at Nancy as she was walking by. She did her like parade smile and just walked past me. And I said, Nancy, it is H. Conrad 353. That's your baby from 1992. That's why you went to the Rio Earth Summit. Nothing, nothing. Anyway, Bloomberg was there. I interviewed Bloomberg. I mean, all, yeah. oh, you guys, it's just, come to these United Nations meetings with me. But anyway, if you want somebody to share firsthand what happens at these United Nations meetings, and it's happening, they are pushing this stuff right through in British Columbia right now. Uh, full-on sustainable development. I was in on a call last night with Canada um, with one of their elected officials who was trying to stop uh, this all the sustainable development goals being implemented into Canada. Um, anyway, if you want some firsthand information and a lively presentation, please, I pay my own way. We need to get the word out about this. And now's the time. Um, the Green New Deal is going to be shoved down our throat. They're not going to give up, just like Al Gore will never give up on his legacy, no matter how bad he lies or how much he lies. These guys have a legacy, a life long legacy to leave behind for history. They want their names in the history books. They're narcissists um, and they're not stopping. They're technocrats and they, they don't stop. They never, ever stop. So um, anyway, uh, long, long story to your, how can people contact you, Debbie? Just contact me. We need to connect. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. And Debbie, do you have something set up to where people could maybe, if they want to support you, help you get to some of these places and things of that nature, take some of the burden off of you and do something? Do you have something set up to where they can do that? I don't, but I have a scholarship going for young kids. Um, I have a challenge. It's called Agenda 21 Challenge, the Agenda 21 Challenge on GoFundMe. And uh, I'm raising, uh, I've got uh, young students right now who are, uh, we meet every Monday night on Zoom and we talk about uh, Agenda 21 and how it's happening in their area. Um, two boys are creating a podcast to start talking about Agenda 21. Uh, one, one young guy, 13 and 14 year old is mostly um, what they are. Another young guy is putting a list of all the failed predictions uh, with his dad, who's uh, Dr. Willie Soon, leading astrophysicist in the world, all the failed predictions of these climate, um, you know, these climate predictions that they keep shed, like 97% of scientists say it's a lie. Um, temperature and CO2, it's a lie. So all these things. Um, so it's a GoFundMe page. It's called the Agenda 21 Challenge. I have raised enough money that uh, two of the kids can start their own podcast. We got their own equipment. 
um, so that they can, you know, do the podcast from their home and not have to rely on anybody. But that would be an awesome way to support what I'm up to is to support these kids and give them a reward for taking on Agenda 21 in their own communities. Thanks for asking. Yeah, sure. No, and in fact, uh, when they get things started, uh, we'll get a, if you'll send us a copy of the show or whatever, maybe we can bring the young guys on. I think that'd be a great show. Uh, that we we show that, awesome. that people can, yes, that people can do it at a young they age. Blow, they can take those things. They blow me away. They are so awesome. They're on time for our calls. If they're late, they're gonna they let me know. I mean, it's just you know their their integrity is just so awesome, so awesome. We need that's what we need for the future. Are young, you know, to develop kids like that um, who are interested in the future. Yeah, they're just. Oh, amazing. And I wish we had hundreds, like the Sunrise Movement has thousands of kids who are being trained to, you know, incite riots and burn down buildings. We need thousands and thousands of children, uh, kids, young people uh, to take on, you know, this big issue called Agenda 21 because it is the future, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. And there's got to be those uh, who will stand and not only expose it and educate people, but also fight uh, against it uh, to reverse things back so that we don't lose our liberty. We're losing it more and more. And if we don't take that stand, if we don't uh, call these things out and press back against it, uh, they're going to end up overtaking us and our kids. Debbie, I appreciate you staying up late and um, uh, to spending time with us and going overboard a little bit. We want to have you back on. Maybe we'll we'll cover some more stuff because there's I know there's tons of information that you have that you can share with people. We appreciate you this morning. Guys, you guys have a great weekend, great Lord's Day. Don't forget, 8 a.m. tomorrow. You don't want to miss what Kate's going to share because, again, they're trying to take her out for speaking the truth about uh, the pandemic and 5G over there, and she has it all documented in scientific uh, papers. You don't want to miss that show. Uh, we'll see you then. Take care.